You are listening to The Depression Session at 99.1 FM Downtown Radio. Each week, we'll have a new guest tell the story of their depression. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and thank you for joining us on The Depression Session. Just a note for my listeners, I want to make sure you understand that this is a show about depression, and some of the content can be triggering, so please take care of yourself if something on the show brings up difficult feelings, and seek professional help if you need it. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Depression Session on Downtown Radio. Today we have with us in the studio Sarah Litcher and Cameron Milkins, who happen to be my mom and brother. And so we'll be right back with Sarah and Cam, but first, let's talk about Home for the Holidays. My mom has just flown in last night from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan to Phoenix. She's at my brother's house. And so our home for the holidays is a little different. It's not us going home for the holidays, but mom coming to us. (laughs) And I thought I'd read an article from the Huffington Post titled, Why We Get Depressed at the Holidays and How to Deal. While images of love and joy fill storefronts, TV screens, and magazine pages, for many people, the reality of the holidays isn't so cheerful. Between stressful year-end deadlines, family dysfunction, and loss, poor eating, and drinking habits, and increasingly cold and dark winter days, it's easy for the holiday season to feel not so merry and bright. Constant reminders of others' happy season can additionally serve as a painful reminder of the happiness and love that's lacking in our own lives. For this reason, the month of December can be a particularly difficult time of year for those dealing with family conflict, loss, breakups, divorce, loneliness, and mental health issues. Feelings of depression and negative mood may affect people at the holidays, and not just those who have been diagnosed with clinical depression. While there hasn't been data to suggest an actual rise in depression rates and suicide in December, experts say that the holiday blues are a very real phenomena, and of course, there's plenty of anecdotal evidence suggests that this is the case. Here are some of the risk factors of holiday depression. One, setting up unrealistic expectations. Two, trying to do too much. I'm always guilty of that. Three, comparing your insides to somebody else's outsides. Four, slacking on self-care and five, experiencing symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. So setting up unrealistic expectations, I think we all do that and it's easy to do because we've, you know, every, there's music in every mall, there's all of the movies, there's all of these images of happy families and everything going perfectly. Trying to do too much, we try to get everything done so that everything's perfect. We have this image in our mind of what it can do. And and you get overwhelmed and then you can't enjoy anything and you're wiped out. Comparing your insides to somebody else's outsides, I feel like that's like a Facebook phenomenon 101 is everybody has all these beautiful pictures of all the wonderful things they're doing and you see everyone around you and they look happy and you assume that they are, which they may or may not be, and then you don't feel that way. You don't compare. Lacking on self-care. That's a hard one because right now I'm overwhelmed. I've got a million projects to grade and things to do and I want to see everyone and there's parties and I just don't find time. Like I haven't brushed my hair yet or brushed my teeth, you know, and then experiencing symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. I think everybody has that. Today I woke up and it was raining out, which we love in Arizona. We love the rain because we get so little of it, but it didn't ultimately make me feel wonderful. I actually feel a little blue and like I don't want to go outside. So I'm also having a breakup, as you guys know, and that just adds an extra thing on top of it. I'm actually doing pretty well with it because it seems like the right thing. It felt good and it ended well. But having had a breakup, I just, you know, I have an extra 
loss, I'm not going to his family for the holiday. And we had plans to do that. And I just canceled my plane ticket recently. And it just sort of makes me sad. Also, he's not going to come and stay with my family. And that makes me sad. So it's just a just an extra thing that really makes the holiday hard that I'm not going to be doing some things I've done in the past because that person isn't in my life anymore. So on that note, I hope you all have some coping skills, some things that can help you through some strategies, you know, social network you can reach out to. And if your family isn't, isn't the people you end up being with that you, you have some people to share the time with because the holidays also should be a time of connection and family and just something nice and relaxing. You know, I'm not going to be working, and that's a big deal too, just taking a break. So on that note, love you all, and uh, have a happy holiday. Today we have with us in the studio Sarah Litcher and Cameron Milkins, who are my mom and brother. Hi, Mom. Hi, Cam. Welcome to the Depression Session. Good morning. (laughs) I woke up this morning and just thought it'd be really cool to have a little holiday special, and I was really excited that, Mom, you were flying in and that we'd all see each other at Christmas. And I really love Christmas. I used to hate it growing up because it always felt stressful. And as an, you know, not as a little kid, but as a teenager, I just felt like this is unnecessary stress. <laughs> but as an adult, I love it just because we all get together. So I thought you you guys could share a little bit about Christmas. You know, what are, what are you excited about this year? Well, I might just as well start. First of all, I got here. Yay! Grand Grand Rapids, Michigan, where we had seven inches of snow, and the guys that came to pick me up came way early, and I was just getting out of the shower, had wet hair and no clothes on when they came in my driveway, because they wanted to leave lots of time so we could get to the airport. So I, I flew over here, and I got to Chicago, and wonder of wonders, I got out of Chicago and didn't have to spend the night there, so I'm here. Yay! Yay! It's a schizophrenic time because I live in Grand Rapids and have family there whom I have to party with, quickly give tons of gifts to, and run off to come to Arizona. Um, This year I sent ahead a mail package so that my suitcase wasn't totally loaded down with heavy stuff that I bring for my children and their families here. (laughs) So anyway, but I'm so happy to be here. And instead of breaking up, I'm in a new relationship and I had to leave him too. (laughs) So anyway, it's been kind of wild, but I'm so glad to be here and I have Christmas in my head. I I have Christmas in my heart. I don't have it in gifts and bits and pieces. I have it with family. Yeah, and and actually one of the things that I used to have a hard time with at Christmas was just that I, we couldn't see everyone. We could only see certain parts of the family or we'd we'd go to Granny's but they didn't really want Pete there or We'd go to dad's, you know, when we were little, but then we didn't go to granny's. And it, it always seems like trying to see everyone. And then as an adult, I'd fly in and I'd stay with Cam and Holly and the kids. But then it was running around to try to see everybody else and going home exhausted. <laughs> so, so Cam, how about you? What's, what are you looking forward this season? Just looking forward to a fun and relaxing time. I was able to get the whole week off between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And- That'll give me time to unplug and, you know, you were talking about self-care. I'll be able to do a lot of that 
and be charged back up when I go back to work after the new year. But like, it took me a while to kind of retool the holidays in my head. Cause as you know, I moved down here to live with you after I got served with divorce papers in 2009. And so my Christmas prior to that for many years was with my wife and my children. And so that first year was really rough because I was not, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was having an identity crisis because I had my whole personhood invested into that relationship of being a husband and a father. And so that first Christmas was really rough. And then trying to kind of find myself again and catch my stride and rebuild what the holidays look like for me. Fortunately, I have you and mom and you guys have been very good about helping me to reestablish some of the traditions that we had as a family growing up and then invent some new ones <laughs> that are fun too. And so that's been really good to uh, help keep me out of a funk when I couldn't see my children for the holidays. So now I have great Christmases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we're for me, it's a time of change because I'm not going to be with my partner of four and a half years. And it's hard, but it, it doesn't, it's not that kind of devastation where you're not with your, your wife and kids. It's a sort of, we're moving on and it feels right, you know, and I'm really grateful for that, that it's, it's not like the worst year of my life sort of breakup. I, I hope that he's feeling the same way. I know we both talked about it, like it's the right time to break up, but I hope that he's going to still have a really good Christmas with his family. Yeah, you know, definitely. We all love Dan and want him want him happy. <laughs> he yeah. he wanted to make sure you guys yeah, knew that he loves you and wishes he could be there. Yeah, well, we definitely love him and we'll miss him this year. I'm also glad that the two of you handled things the way that you did. You're not all bitter towards each other. Well, Cam also has um, has a new person in his life who has a has a child, so he has another family to spend Christmas with, which is really nice. So that adds an, a nice warm dimension to having Christmas this year and last year. And <laughs> anyway, life is good. Yeah, I've just been thinking that about about like just obviously I've been thinking about relationships in general and what they add to your life and what they what what the difficulties are and for me I I'm such a strange bird I realized that I was talking to Deborah yesterday actually that most people the worst part of being single is there's nobody there when you come home that you come home to a silent alone house and for me that's sounds terrible but that's the best part of being single is that I come home and nobody's there. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but I'm I'm a very individual person, very independent, and I often feel like the world is full of noise and chaos, and I really love coming home to quiet. I love having a sanctuary space. And so over the years, we talked about, should we live together? And my answer was always no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And ultimately comes down to like, maybe I should be by myself. Maybe I should be in a relationship where they don't want that or, or by myself because I don't, I really love 
my friend time and I love the different partners that I've had, but there's something so nice to me about coming home and nobody, nobody knows where I am and nobody cares. <laughs> like if I don't, if I don't ever come back, they'd be, you know, no one's going to be sad if I just decided to go to Italy or something, you know, there's, I have a great need for like a certain kind of freedom, not a freedom to just date 400 people. I don't care about that. I, I like the freedom that no one's worrying about me. I like the freedom that nobody is asking me to do anything. It's nice to come home to that. If I went home to my house right now, I would, though, I had to prepare to come here. It means putting my car on a trickle charger so the battery isn't dead when I get back to Michigan. It means turning the heat down. It means turning off the gas and all those things and hoping that nobody breaks in while I'm gone. But fortunately, I live in a condominium association where people keep an eye out for each other all the time. And we have never had a break-in since 1985. Wow. Anyway, that's wonderful. One of the things I wanted to address, if I may, about this season is that the unreal expectations have always dogged me because I wanted to see everybody, to have the perfect gift for everyone. And I buy things all through the year. I don't buy them all, all at a rush at Christmas. But if I don't get the perfect gift, and if all every anybody gets is a stocking stuffer that costs $4, that's okay, because I want to find things that fit the person rather than do it just because uh, somebody says you're supposed to buy a whole bunch at Christmas. The best part of this time of year is the music and the sharing with other people. That's what keeps me happy. Even when it was dark and gray, I could go to choral things. I could enjoy the things with family and friends. And I'm so glad to be here with you. This was a wonderful idea, Laura, to share with Cam and me. Oh, thank you. I just, <laughs> I'm glad you thought of it. Cam, I, can you share something about this year that you're excited about looking forward to? <laughs> We've actually already started it here because Trey is going to be with his father over the holiday. And so we had Trey miss yesterday. And that was a lot of fun. He got a new fancy guitar. So we've been able to enjoy him playing his new instrument. He has two good guitars already. And I didn't think that this one would be that much better. But it's amazing, the quality difference. And so it's been really fun being able to hear him play an even better instrument that he has already. (laughs) Get some gifts. And Martha Jane planned a special surprise for us. And he's been trying to guess it for two months. And so we got got the reveal on the surprise. In January, we get to go see Santana. Woo! <laughs> I always look forward to the holidays and getting together with people. Like I said, for a while, I was in a pretty bad funk because I had to just rethink what the holidays were for me. And now I have. So it's been great. We're going to have good food because you and I both are very accomplished cooks. (laughs) (laughs) I modestly agree. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a great time together and we'll probably play some games and there'll be lots of laughter and love. And that's, that's the way the holidays should be. Yeah. I was thinking of two things when you're talking. I was thinking of Christmas morning when we were kids. So one of my fondest memories is you coming into my bedroom and prying my eyes open, literally prying my eyes open. (laughs) 
and saying, it's Christmas. Wake up, wake up. Because, well, mom and dad wouldn't let me get down into the stocking stuff and Santa stuff until you were awake. <laughs> wait for your, they, they, they were, they were, you know, dirty rats about that. They knew that, that uh, they could sleep later if they made me wait until you woke up. Because you'd be up at four. Um, sometimes earlier. Usually, I think I would stay asleep until about one or two in the morning, and I couldn't even get back to sleep. And I'd sit there trying to fall back asleep, staring at the clock. And as soon as it hit 6 a.m., that's when I was in your room prying your eyes open. Come on, let's go. Cam gets that not going to sleep, waking up early feel for me because you know what? My mother used to give me paragoric on Christmas. Paragoric is an opiate. <laughs> <laughs> she used to give it to me so that they'd get at least four hours sleep between when they wrapped all night and, and, and between when I got up at early in the morning boinging around like the Energizer Bunny. I drove them crazy. Ah, <laughs> uh, the 40s. <laughs> we'll just give her an opiate. She'll go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. But, you know, Christmas is in your heart. I know that sounds hokey. Christmas is what you carry with you. It's what you express and give to others. It's not what you receive. It's not perfection. It it has its warts and it has its funny things and its goofy things, and that's what makes it great. And the remembrances, oddly enough, are of the things that went haywire, not the things <laughs> that went perfectly. It's true. <laughs> Yeah, and then I I thought each of you could maybe share about depression and holidays, like specifically. I'll start. I do remember a really hard Christmas. Marcelo and I were together for close to three years, and this was somewhere in the midst of year two, and we were living together in Boston and getting ready to come home for the holidays. We're just lying in bed, and he looks at me and says, I want to fall in love again. And I was like, and not with me. <laughs> and I just, I cried all that night, went to work with puffy eyes, you know, cried some more. We already had plans to drive back to Michigan from Boston, which we did. We had already split, but we couldn't move out. We had to live together because we were both poor and young and had a lease. And so our lease wasn't up until July. So from December to July, we had to stay living together, not together, and it was it was just that Christmas of like, I'm going home to my family. We're going to drive back together because we only had one car. And this jerk wants to go out and fall in love again. <laughs> it's like memories of, of uh, breakups past, Christmas breakups past. So this year is a little bit of a reminder of that year. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is I, I went to Hanukkah party last night, but I actually put it on my calendar for the wrong day and went on the 15th. And hung out with them and chatted. And suddenly I was talking about dad and remembering different things about him. And I was remembering I had stayed at his house and I found an Excel spreadsheet of household expenses. And I thought it was mine. And I had to take a second glance. And I'm like, that's not mine, but the categories are all the same. So I just marched it out into the living room and said, dad, we are so related. Like he never showed me how to do an Excel spreadsheet for household expenses. It's just somehow I came up with the exact same thing that he did. <laughs> 
So I was telling the story and realized that it's the 15th and dad died on the 15th and it's Danny's birthday. Just like suddenly all these sad feelings come up from that. And so Christmas is a little bit tied up with some of those big losses of not having those family members be a part of my life anymore. And I was really glad that I went to their house on the wrong day <laughs> and hung out and talked about dad. And I just randomly talked about, of course, my brain knows that it was the anniversary of his death. So I just took a moment and said, dad, I love you. Happy death day. <laughs> Christmas is like wonderful and it's, it's rich and full of family and, and time off. Just having time off is always nice. Having a week off, Cam, I really relate to that of like, wow, time off to do things that you've been meaning to do. My year tends to be squished into two 16-week sections where I work way too many hours and then time off, you know, almost a month off at Christmas. It's a huge luxury to have that. It's a luxury that you build by working too many hours the rest of the year, but it's really nice. Anyway, depression and, and the holidays is partly because normal things happen around the holidays but our expectations are that things like death and loss and family ties and breakups won't happen at that time. And they do just like any time of year. So that was just what I was thinking about this week. For me, like I said, for a stretch there, it was really dark because first it was because I wasn't with my kids around the holidays anymore. And then when dad passed, there was that constant reminder for, you know, for a good stretch. And I still think about it every year, but it doesn't drag me down the way that it used to because I've had enough time to grieve and process that. And I get a little bit sad for a bit, but for the most part, I mean, and part of it too is because right now my life is great. You know, I have, I have a great partner and her son's amazing and I've got you guys, and so, like, all of that makes for a really happy holiday. It's kind of a, you know, perfect recipe, and so that's been really good for me over the past few years, and, you know, moving forward, I'm looking forward to lots and lots of happy holidays. <laughs> yeah, and it was nice remembering Dad. It wasn't sad. It wasn't full of depression. It was interesting. It was just nice. And I was so glad that I was at my friend's house who also lost his dad somewhat recently. It was just because I think his dad died two years before. And so we could just have a dad moment. It was really sweet. How about you, mom? What's a holiday and um, depression <laughs> memory or well, thought? The absolute worst I ever experienced was the first Christmas that I was divorced from your father. And I had to put you and Cam on a bus to go to Detroit. The weather was really horrible, and I had bronchitis that was working its way into pneumonia when I dropped you off. And I went back home, and I thought, if I died, nobody would even care. Mm. I know that's not realistic, and I didn't, I didn't do myself in, obviously, because I'm still here. But it was, it was the worst feeling I've ever had. And I missed Greg because I loved him still, even though things didn't work out with us. And I missed his family. And I went home to be alone and to be sick. And I got well enough in time to go to my mother's, which was a good thing. And everything from that point in my life on 
I made it through okay. <laughs> but that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Any words of wisdom for people who are having their worst Christmas ever? Look to your resources. Look to your your friends, your family that you do have, your church, your associations with other people, your choral group, and and try to connect with those people if you can. Do something for somebody else. It will make you feel better. It always works. That's my advice. How about you, Cam? What do you have for words of wisdom? Well, if somebody's in a really big funk, and it's so hard to do, but it's to, like, not isolate yourself, you know, hopefully you have enough supports in your life that there's somebody that you could spend time with or do things with. Uh, if you don't, get yourself up out of the house and, you know, go out and take a hike or maybe go to church. Even if you're not religious, being around people will make a big difference. And or go volunteer somewhere, you know, go, go volunteer at a soup kitchen or something like that and just get up and get out because, um, diverting your attention from whatever negative cycle your mind is in will make a big difference in your ability to make it through the holidays. And I think, I think those are beautiful suggestions, actually. I like the doing something for someone else, you know, go volunteer at a soup kitchen, because that always, it just kind of turns things on its head. You're doing something for someone else when you're in a hard place and suddenly you're, it lifts your spirits just to do something kind for somebody else. I think that's beautiful. And And it can be a reality check. Yeah. Like, okay, I feel terrible. My life sucks. (laughs) (laughs) But I have somewhere to sleep tonight. (laughs) I hate to say it, you go and see people that are less fortunate than you, and you're like, okay, it's maybe not that bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I have a house, and I have food, and I have nice clothing, and I have a washer and dryer. Yay, I'm in good shape. (laughs) (laughs) Silly, but it's right. It is a good reality check. And then for those of you who, I understand, you can't get out of the house. You just can't do it you can still pick up the phone or at least answer it when someone calls. I think that there are times when leaving the house seems like a monumental, it's like, it's like rock climbing and it's El Capitan. I know that, you know, I know that feeling. I know that feeling of like, there is no way I'm leaving the house today, but curl up and make yourself a cup of hot chocolate, you know, make yourself something nice at home, take a bath, put some nice smelling things in the bath you know, get out of bed, at least in your house, and answer the phone if, if a friend calls. Even if you can't reach out to them, maybe you can pick up if someone calls. Because that's always the hardest thing for me is getting out of bed, getting out of the house, and answering the call Like is, is monumental. So even if it's the smallest thing, whatever the smallest thing is that you can do that helps you do that thing. Even turning on your favorite music, just... Yeah. Putting on something that's soothing, or if you are into meditation, trying that. Anything that will get you away from your feeling of self-pity and loss. Yeah. Well, on that note, I just wanted to thank you both so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I just woke up this morning with a thought, 
and sent you guys a message saying, hey, <laughs> and I'm so grateful that you're my family. I'm so grateful. I feel like I, I lucked out. <laughs> and I love you very, very much. I love you too, honey, and I can't wait to see you in person. And thank, thanks for being on the depression session today. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. Merry Christmas and a happy New Year and a happy Hanukkah and everything to all the people out there. Ah, love you. I love you too. Bye bye. Bye bye. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septa Helix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.